Here's my second question I'm going to address. What is love? There are eight, yes, eight types of love. In English, we only have one word to describe love. We just call it love. We go like, like, and like, like, and sort of love and in love, but we just, we don't have a very big vocabulary to describe love, unfortunately. Because of that, when we ask this big question, could they really love me and betray me at the same time? Uh, that can get confusing because for some of these loves, you're going to be like, well, heck no, they're not loving me that way, period. And they're like, yes, I am. I love you. Um, but that's because there are different types of love. So I'm going to really quickly outline some of these for you. Um, but you can do some more research on it yourself. Uh, this is not my invention. So there's eight types of love. The first type is called Eros. And I'm not going to pronounce these really well because they're in, um, you know, they're in Greco Roman language, Latin, all those things. Uh, so Eros is romantic love. This is what we usually think of when we think about um, partnered love, love between um, partners that come together. It's romantic love. It includes attraction, intoxication. Um, it's, this is that first stage of the relationship where you feel really attracted, really intoxicated, um, really, um, fulfilled and, you know, they say we fit together. Um, this, this feeling, this arrows, it must be fanned throughout any relationship, not including betrayal. Um, any relationship's going to need arrows to be fanned. It doesn't just, it will die out. It's like a flame. And, um, but it is a important part of important type of love that does draw us into partnerships. Um, the next type of love is filial. Yes, filial love. That's affectionate love. That is the love that we feel between family and friends. You may have this with a romantic partner. Eros can transition into a filial love where um, and that's not a bad thing necessarily. In fact, you probably want both of them in a marriage, um, but it is that uh, feeling connected, feeling bonded, feeling safe, feeling comfortable, um, feeling friendship in um, affectionate filial love. There's one called storage, which is um, family love, parent, child. So it's a different type of family love. I might've said that wrong, um, but it's a different type of family love. The type of love you feel between a parent and child that has zero sexual feelings whatsoever, but um, is bonded. Um, it definitely has like a vertical type of relationship though. Um, and some marriages take on this vertical parent child type of love. And you can get trapped in this type of love where um, one of you relies on the other one, like a parent and a child, and you feel bonded in that, but that is not the type of love you want in a marriage. And over time, it's going to cause a lot of heartache, um, but it is a type of bond. Um, there's playful love. So playful love is if, you know, the flirty love where you kind of like, like <laughs> in, in American speak, I like them. Um, it's where you're playful and you're flirty and you're having fun together. Um, but you can have this playful love in other relationships in a, in a safe way, right? Like you tease your kids. Um, you might tease a brother-in-law in a non-flirty way, right? And not, not inappropriate. doesn't pass that line, but, um, you know, maybe for you, you're like, um, no. And so in your relationship, especially um, after a betrayal, you may say no playful love outside this marriage, right? That is not okay to tease a coworker. That does not feel good to me. That does not feel safe to me. That makes sense. And you can have boundaries around that for sure. Even if there's not a betrayal, you can have boundaries around that type of love 
if that doesn't feel safe to you, if that crosses a line, different cultures, different people, different um, levels of integrity are going <clears> to <throat> outline that differently. Um, and then there's enduring love, pragma. So enduring love is the deep um, duty. Um, there's a feeling of duty. There's a feeling of um, loyalty. There's a feeling of like, I'm in this to the end uh, type of love. And we, we obviously want those in our relationships. And when there's been a betrayal, it's like, no, I don't have that. You don't feel that towards me, obviously, right? There's not that same loyalty and duty and dignity that, um, that you're looking for. There's mania or limerence is another term that's been used for it, which is that obsessive love. Some people call this a trauma bond, um, but ultimately it's that obsessive um, I mean, trauma bond actually could fit a lot of different areas for those who use that term. But mania is that like puppy love, but like the obsession, obsessive, like I've lost my complete identity. I, um, I don't have my own identity because I'm so consumed with you. And some of you may look at your relationship and think, gosh, that's how mine started. We were definitely in this limerence type space or a mania obsessive love. And that's not a death sentence to the relationship, but it's not something that we want to continue um, uh, building in a long, a relationship that we want to have last a very long time. Um, there's then agape, which is charity or universal love. And this is like, I'm a human, you're a human, and I have this deep universal love and charity for this person. And then there's, um, and I can't say it, but there's self-love. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, there's also that self-love that's different. That's not narcissism. Narcissism is empty self-ish, um, maybe self-obsession and selfishness um, and aggrandizing, not narcissism, but a self-love that is self-compassionate, um, that sees oneself as a human, et cetera. So again, this is the short version, but there are all these different types of love. And as you hear this, you may think, hmm, maybe my partner loves me in one way and I love them in a different way and they can betray me while loving me in one way and they may not be lying. And that's why my intuition is picking up truth here when they say, no, I do love you. And you're like, gosh, that feels real because they might love you in one way, but not in another way. Okay. They might love you like a friend, but not like a lover. Um, and you are saying, well, you don't love me. And part of it may be in these different nuances of what love means. I'm not, I'm not trying to say you should just believe them then obviously go to your intuition. But what I am hoping to do is help you sort out if you've got an intuition that's saying, well, he seems very honest and he does seem like he loves me. He might love you with the capacity that he has to love. And that might be in one of these different types of love, but it's not the enduring love that you may have experienced for him or the affectionate love or the romantic love that you experience for him or her that you're sensing in return. And that makes sense, okay? So you make sense and your intuition makes sense. If they're saying, I love you and you're not getting it, you make sense. They're not loving you the way that you're loving them, okay? Okay, the next question I wanna just touch on really quickly is this compartmentalization. I hear that often kind of as an excuse often for 
certain people of like, well, that's how these people are. They just compartmentalize everything. They just live, you know, they, the world is in these different boxes. And so they can just put you in one box and then you, I'm in a different box. Now, if someone has um, some sort of neurodivergence such as ADHD, yes, um, or addiction, um, substance addiction, yes, there is compartmentalization that occurs um, there. Uh, and that's something to consider that com compartmentalization does exist. Trauma, if you have trauma, you can do a lot of compartmentalization, a lot of dissociation or disconnection from the other person. And your partner may have a lot of childhood traumas. They may have a lot of young adulthood traumas that lead them to compartmentalize their world. Uh, again, as I mentioned before, I believe that seeking out pornography as a child is traumatizing. Um, because it is full of violence and misogyny and sexism and a whole bunch of other things. If you're exposed to over and over again, that's a scary world to live in. So um, and I'm not saying that to give anybody excuses. I'm not giving excuses. I'm saying these are the issues that need to be resolved. So um, your partner may compartmentalize. Uh, they may also use that as an excuse. This type of compartmentalization may look like when I'm with you when like out of sight out of mind when i'm with you and i see you i do feel that love for you when i'm not with you you disappear you don't exist anymore um we know uh we don't know the exact numbers it keeps changing when i was trained we knew that adhd um in the broad population was like they used to say like five percent something like that but in those who have compulsive sexual problems it's around 30 to 40%. Um, so there may be, but now they're saying it could be like 60% or more and that these are very tied together. So I don't know the exact numbers right now. I think it's still being um, researched, but if there's any question of your partner if having um, attention um, deficit hyperactivity disorder, uh, know that that is not an excuse, um, but it is an underlying situation that will need to be talked about and dealt with because there can be that compartmentalization and they can genuinely love you in your presence and then forget about your existence. The same could be true for some traumas. Again, not an excuse, something to be dealt with and um, uh, either resolved if it's a trauma situation or um, navigated and managed if it's um, something else. So that's a possibility. So if you're sensing, they say they love me, I'm sensing it, but then they turn around and they act out again. What? How is that possible? That's a possibility. I'm not saying that's for sure what's happening. Just wanting to know that's a possibility. Um, so could they love me and betray me at the same time? This has been my experience for most, most people who are doing this work. Um, in there, let's see if I can draw it. You can see it. There's like the them, the self, the person that is who they are, who they were at birth, the self that will be there throughout their whole life and the same one that will be there in death and afterwards, if you believe in that. There's the self and we all have the self, right? And I always say, it's my stupid cheesy phrase, there are no evil babies. The baby doesn't pop out evil. They might have colic or, you know, I had a lot of colicky babies, but they're not evil. They don't have bad intentions. You look at an 18 month old, like their intentions for the world are to play and to be happy and to wiggle their diaper booty, right? Like they have good intentions. And then the world starts to happen um, and, and change them and expose them to very difficult things 
and um, they have all this yuck that covers the self to the point where they become blind to their own betrayals and blind to their own selves. I think all of us do this to some degree, but definitely if there's betraying behaviors, it's pretty intense. And then there's the outside that we let people see of who we are. There's, there's this layer of self on the very outside that looks like a good person and talks like a good person and acts like a good person. And we, they, they, and we, they might reference this good little soul in here and then project it out and hide all of the other parts of self, hide the addictive behaviors, hide and lie. And they don't want you to see the ugly, the shadow, whatever you want to call it. Right. So, and then this is obviously like a facade and a fabrication. And in order to heal, we have to put down the fabrication and deal with all of the traumas, all the heartaches, all the crap that we've done to other people and other people have done to us and start to get in tune with that self. And so could they love you and betray you at the same time? Absolutely. Do they love you the way that you love them? Probably not um, because they don't have self-love. Um, they don't have um, the capacities often um, to do that. And so you're, you're wrong. You're not wrong. And um, also your intuition isn't lying. And this is where it feels like a nuanced confusion. Like I, they seem like they're telling the truth, but, um, but I'm, how is that even possible? So your intuition's not wrong uh, that they probably do love you in the way that they can. Um, with whatever that is, right? They may have an attachment stuff that they have to deal with. I mean, it's it's multi-layered, very nuanced, um, which is why they need therapy. <laughs> uh, but you're also not wrong in that it doesn't feel like it could possibly be the same type of love that you're giving them if you don't have a compulsive, uh, compulsive coping mechanisms that are getting you stuff. Then you do have a greater capacity for love and then that's that's a reality for you. So... Uh, where does that leave you? Well, that's going to be up to you, but those are some information on answering that question. Hopefully that provided a little bit, but I'm open for um, some questions uh, here at the end. For those of you that are listening afterwards, um, feel free to, and don't follow us on Facebook, feel free to follow us on Facebook, Humans Navigating Betrayal. Join us in our free group um, where we pump each other up. We tell our stories, we connect. Um, and we share support and uh, and heartache with a bunch of other really, really amazing, incredible betrayal survivors.